20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz. I'll be your host again this week. And, um, you know, we're sitting here. It's August 20th, and, you know, we're really not that far away from the start of the regular season. I don't know about the rest of you, but it it's pretty close, but it, to me at least, it feels like it's not even coming. And maybe it's because there's no preseason. I mean, think about it. Green Bay was supposed to play their first preseason game this past Saturday. Uh, obviously, they didn't for very obvious reasons. But um, just an interesting time in August not to have football, but to know that it's coming. Um, again, obviously, uh the coronavirus being the reason why we don't have preseason. But, um, you know, if you're like me and it feels like it's far away or never going to be here, I mean, trust me, it's going to be here in three weeks. So three, four weeks, something like that. So, uh, But as we get closer to the start of the season, as we've been doing, um, breaking down position by position, and today we will be looking at the defensive back room, specifically the position of corner, um, which is, again, kind of a little bit like the tight end room like we talked about last week. Um, obviously, the tight end room is much more up in the air. But uh, corners, you have Jair Alexander and Kevin King, um, both first-round picks. Uh, actually, I guess Kevin King technically a very high second-round draft pick. Uh, but... Um, both kind of your starters. Uh, and then you have Josh Jackson, who, you know, high pick out of Iowa. Yes, Jacob's <laughs> other son um, now has three kids, if, if you're keeping track Oh, no, track I've, I broke home. it down today. I have four. It's Blake Westendorf, duh, uh, Rashawn Gary, Josh Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. Those are the big four. I have to w- – Never mind. I don't want to know when Baker Mayfield was added into that rotation, and I don't think he was we... the original. Oh well, uh, that I is love, something I love Baker Mayfield. That, that I think I've he's been awesome. working with you for almost what three years now, and I think that's the first time I knew about that. So, learn something new every day. Uh, anyway, back I'm not on... a very good father. So, all right. Well, back to the subject of the cornerback room. Um, so. Just looking at the room itself, um, Jacob, is it fair to say that going into this season, Jair Alexander, Kevin King are your starters? Is there any way? I mean, I'm looking at the list right now um, of actual. I mean, it. I would presume that of the rest of the players on the list, nobody is probably going to beat them out for corners one and two this 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 year, at least to start the season. No, uh, Kevin King said they're both number one corners. So he said he was the other number one corner if Jair was the number one on that side. So one, I love the confidence. Two, I would like to see that come to fruition on the field. I mean, I can't. Last time the Packers had two cornerbacks that you felt really, really good about like that was like Sam Shields and Tremont Williams. Sam Shields, Tremont Williams, Charles Woodson, somewhere in that sort of era of cornerbacks. But yeah, those guys are going to start. You know, I wonder if we'll find out that the the best trio, if you will, because they're going to play three corners at a time 
pretty much exclusively. It's very rare that I think you'll only see two corners on the field. So that nickel role as a starter right now, that's Shannon Sullivan. If Shannon Sullivan doesn't live up to the billing, which there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't at the moment, but if he doesn't, then you start to wonder if maybe Kadar Hallman or Josh Jackson become an outside corner with Jair bumping inside where I think honestly, his skill set could fit very well. I understand the value of the outside cornerback and that's why he's there. But I do wonder if that's something maybe he's best suited for and would maybe help him with his playmaking abilities as well. But yeah, as far as starters to begin the season week one, if the Vikings line up in their base offense against the Packers base defense, it'll be Jair on one side and Kevin King on the other one. And I think you have to feel pretty good about that considering where this position group was not that long ago. I mean, it was just three years ago that they were starting Demarius Randall and God knows who else on the other side and hoping that Ladarius Gunter doesn't have to be one of their primary. And I don't mean to hate on Ladarius Gunter, but I mean, that's just kind of the, the given example that everybody has when, when something's not going well. So they're, they're in a good place with those guys being starters. I think the backups, Paul Brettel loves Kadar Hallman. I've mentioned my thoughts on Josh Jackson, Shannon Sullivan did some good stuff last year. It's a, it's a pretty good group. Um, and they have the ability to kind of match up with whoever it is that they're playing against. All right. Well, and then Maggie, so we touched on Alexander and Kevin King. Those are the obvious names looking forward to the season as far as who's going to, you know, be starters, make big impacts. The next name of somebody that fans have been wanting to see is, as Jacob pointed out, his other son, Josh Jackson. So he was, you know, a very high pick. He's going into his third year out of Iowa. Um, There was lots of expectations on him. Now, he so far to this point hasn't found a whole lot of playing time and you know hasn't lived up to what you would maybe say that high draft status but that doesn't mean that he's not a good player but you know it's kind of the player that everybody's hoping works out but we don't hear a whole lot about what should fans reasonably expect from him this season it's I I don't want to call it like a prove-it year, but it kind of feels like it might be given his high draft status. It's his third year in the league. What should fans reasonably expect from him? Yeah, so with Josh Jackson, I think specifically, um, I know you're not on Twitter anymore, but we're getting a lot of um, you know insights from training camp, and the new roles have obviously come down that they aren't, uh, the media no longer is able to um, kind of tell which players are where on the depth chart, where they're practicing, uh, which team they're practicing with first, second, third. But um, they are still able to talk about players making plays. And one player that has been making a lot of plays has actually been Josh Jackson. He's had some really nice pass breakups. He just kind of seems to be always around the ball um, in training camp so far. And I know we're only now four practices in, but there's been a lot of promise in his game there. Um, And I think that all of that kind of funnels into what theoretically could happen with Kevin King. Um, Jacob talked about this on uh, the Game on Roundtable, but, you know, Kevin King's not a person that you would theoretically sign before the season starts because he's going to bet on himself that he can have another really good season and get a bigger contract. Um, So if now the Packers are kind of having this gamble where if a guy like Josh Jackson or Kadar Holman can step up and fill that role if Chandon is the nickel and they need somebody to play on the boundary, then that will also influence Kevin King's value. So I know it's early, but Josh Jackson finally getting some playing time 
uh, recovering from that injury. And I think that this will be the season that it feels like it's the season he's going to put it all together. And I wish that we had the preseason now to kind of get to evaluate the corners because that's always one of my favorite position battles to watch during actual games. Absolutely. Well, and Jacob, you know, Maggie just mentioned no preseason games. Uh, It's an interesting position battle. We've talked about the three kind of big names that you'd expect based on draft status, but then you start to look at the rest of this cornerback room. Um, Who is somebody that, and again, it's really difficult without preseason to gauge who could, you know, maybe make an impression, but who's somebody in this cornerback room that you really think could make a surprise leap in either just being that added value of depth for injury or maybe even really push some of these other guys for like legitimate playing time? I don't know about legitimate playing time. I think that we've mentioned, you know, you mentioned the big three, if you will, with King Alexander, Josh Jackson. I mentioned Shannon Sullivan and Kadar Holman. I think those five are pretty safely set on this roster, barring injury or just a complete tank job during training camp here. Two guys that have some sort of attention, I think. KBN Ento is one. I know he's kind of a favorite of Packers Twitter, and so is Stanford Samuels as an undrafted player. The the kind of issue I think I have with Stanford Samuels is he's he's a big corner that didn't run well, and corners that don't run well typically aren't very good. So um, that's kind of the big reason that he went undrafted. I do think something else they could do that's kind of interesting is with some of these hybrid players and safeties, could they move Darnell Savage around? Could they move maybe someone like Raven Green around? Could they move someone like Vernon Scott around? Some of these you know, slot, hybrid, nickel-type players that they could kind of move around that way is – you know, I think that if you look on the Packers roster currently, they have four guys who I think you could say can play the boundary, and that is King, Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, and Kadar Holman, Shannon Sullivan, best used in a nickel role. Uh, Jair of that group is probably the only one who should be playing nickel. They might do some stuff with Josh Jackson in that role, which I continue to not understand. But to answer your question, those guys, they might have to find an ability to play in the middle of the field just because finding playing time on the boundaries with guys like King and Jackson. And if they were to bring back Tremont Williams, that's somebody else that could play both of those positions as well. But that seems to be very much a break glass in case of emergency. All right. Well, Jacob, you brought up Tremont Williams. So Maggie, Tremont Williams, obviously not re-signed in the off season, still not signed by a team. Is Jacob kind of mentioned a break glass in case of emergency. Is that kind of the feeling that, fans should have about him right now that if everyone within this corner room stays relatively healthy and shows you know decent signs and abilities of being able to play the position um you know the the further down you go on the depth chart is it reasonable to think that Tremont Williams won't be back unless there is an injury need to bring him back yeah, and I mean, I don't think it has any. It says anything about Tremont's talent. I think that if he wanted to be on an NFL roster, he could be. I think he's probably looking for the right fit at this point because he definitely doesn't need to keep playing. So, you know, there could be a part of his game where I know he's staying in Green Bay at this point at least. So, you know, maybe he wants to just be on standby and he either eases into retirement uh, if he's not called upon or he's there in case the Packers need to call him up for like a late season push or something. But Yeah, I mean, I think he has all the ability to still be on a roster if he chooses to be, but I kind of like that he's not with the Packers currently, and that probably sounds sacrilegious and it's no disrespect to Tremont, but I think that it gives now 
us a better look at the guys that are behind him on the depth chart. And I've been saying that it has nothing to do with his ability because we know that he can still play. But part of the reason we didn't get to see much from, you know, Kadar Holman, Josh Jackson, uh, Shannon Sullivan took so few snaps at nickel was because Tremont has been so reliable his entire career and he doesn't miss games and he doesn't miss playing time. But, you know, Shannon Sullivan had said in his presser that he went back this offseason and watched every one of Tremont Williams' snaps in that slot corner role to kind of, you know, develop under that and kind of take notes of that. So I think that there's a lot of promise in the secondary. Um, And now these guys are getting probably their biggest opportunity yet because they're not as buried on the depth chart behind, obviously, a sure starter. All right. Well, and then speaking of Tremont, one of the things that he brought a lot of to this corner room, which when you really start looking at it, was he was the experienced veteran. He's no longer there. And you start looking at this cornerback room and it's a lot of young guys. And Jacob, does that concern you in any way, shape or form with these guys that they're all relatively young, which is good in one sense, which, you know, you like to have those younger players on their first contract, they don't cost you as much. But, I mean, are you concerned in any way that, you know, again, your most experienced corner on the roster right now is, is Kevin is Kevin King? I mean, is there any concern with that? And does that influence in any way Green Bay's decision to maybe bring Tremont back at any sign of at any sign of trouble for any of these younger corners? No, I don't think so. Uh, Kevin King is a fourth-year player. He's been through a lot in his young career already, having kind of dealt with those injuries and dealt through some of those battles that they've been in, some of the games they've played in. Jair Alexander, you know, a lot of people, a lot has happened in these last you know, two or three years to the point where some of these guys are pretty battle-tested. You know, last year they played in the NFC Championship game, obviously. The year before that, they dealt with a ton of adversity, up to and including the head coach being fired midseason. That's not nothing. Uh, Dom Capers was let go uh, before Kevin King was able to really get established with him. So I'm not real worried about the experience factor of things. I'm worried about the fact that Tremont's a damn good player still, and he's somebody who belongs on an NFL roster. Now, you've kind of read a few different things, one being that it's kind of up to him, and he's deciding if he still wants to go or if the Packers have kind of unofficially closed the book on him, so to speak. But I think that that's a position – where you can never have enough good players. And as and I do like Shannon Sullivan. I liked that waiver claim. It was one of those like, hey, he's not a bad little player, and I think that he's good in one of those roles. The problem I have is I mentioned these guys that can play on the outside. As much as I do like Josh Jackson, and I still do, uh, I still will believe in him until I have a full realm of reason not to, uh, which, I mean, the first two years, there's certainly something there, but, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but until I have reason not to, I trust Tremont Williams as a boundary corner in case of emergency more than I do Josh Jackson. And that's no disrespect to Jackson. It's just more how I feel about Tremont Williams. The experience stuff helps, but overall, I think a lot of these guys, you've heard about his impact and all that stuff and that matters, but those are lessons they can take with them. And realistically, you know, if they want more guidance and stuff from him, He's a phone call, he's a text message, he's an email, he's a fax, he's whatever away. So I'm sure that they're able to kind of talk with him if they need to. But I still would like to see him back, get one more year, tell us he's retiring and give him a proper farewell, if you will. 
All right. Well, so real quickly, this episode, by the way, is going to live up to the intro here on timing. So for once, if you're sick of all the long episodes, this one's going to live up to the timing here. Because real quickly, last question for both of you. Uh, We did it last week with the tight end room. Um, Kevin King led led the team and obviously, if he's leading the team, led the position of corners with interceptions last year with five. The next was specifically for corner, was Jair, Jair Alexander with two. Um, Maggie, in improve, I guess, based on, and not necessarily looking at numbers of interceptions because that doesn't tell the whole story of whether or not you're playing effectively the position, but based on what we saw last year from this group of corners, um, do we expect an improvement, S- stagnation? I'm hoping not a decrease in level of play, but – what do you expect from the group as a whole coming into this season, especially now that, as we pointed out, Kevin King, the most veteran player going into his fourth season? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we've talked about this a little bit on other shows about the defensive backs, but, you know, Darnell Savage is going to have, um, you expect him to take a leap his second season. So I think that that improved safety play, once again, will help contribute to the success of the corners. So I think that Kevin and Jair will both take another jump. I think Jair's interception total will definitely go up. Um, Kevin's might stay the same, but, I mean, nobody's really going to complain about five interceptions at that point anyway. So, you know, I think as a whole, uh, the cornerbacks unit will have more interceptions and more passes deflected. And um, Jacob got to talk about him, and I didn't. But KB Nento has been one of my um, camp crushes since last season. So, and I, maybe it's something about a wide receiver converted to cornerback, but I just really like his hands. And I think that at this point, if I had to give a prediction for a sixth corner, I think it would be KB Nento. You seem to like these players that convert. Last week it was defensive line to tight end. This week it's wide receiver to corner. So, well, so Ento's getting cut tomorrow is what you just said. Uh, probably. Sorry. Sorry, KB. Uh, uh, right. Sorry to James Looney as well. We had uh... – some issues, I guess, with, with bringing that up and then getting you released. So uh, I will take the blame since I would not want Maggie to take that. All right. Well, Jacob, real quickly, uh, this corners group going into the 2020 season, what are you expecting to see from them as opposed to the 2019 season? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that something I talked about at the beginning of last season and something I tried or hoping I was noticing when Mike Patton first got here was one of the biggest issues I had with Dom capers and something I really like about any defense that, that I watch and enjoy is just maybe the offense makes the play, but contest everything, you know, something that drives me nuts is when, if you look at some of the completions, for example, last year to Amari Cooper against the cat in the Cowboys game, like, there are guys not anywhere near him, and that's too easy. It's already too easy for offenses to gain yards and everything like that in today's game. So contest everything, and I think they have a chance. They have a better mindset with some stuff like that. I think they have the ability to play in more man coverage so they don't have to play all this zone, and they had to play that for a lot of years, especially under Dom Capers, one, because of his scheme, two, because the dudes out there simply just couldn't hold up in man coverage. But – now they have those guys that can as long as they're able to stay healthy. I mean, I my expectation level is I think if Jair Alexander can take the third-year leap into the star that everybody seems to think he is, myself included, Kevin King is more consistent than he was a year ago. And we're not talking about safeties, but if Darnell Savage takes a leap from 
rookie with some growing pains to veteran that makes splash plays and has fewer mishaps. The secondary has a chance. Matt LaFleur said it himself to be elite. And the Packers haven't had an elite secondary since 2010. What happened in 2010? We all know the deal. So that's my expectation level is for them. If they're healthy to make that jump and be maybe arguably after the Smith brothers and the pass rush unit, the strength of this team, it really has a really good chance to work in unison because there's so many good players in the front and the back end. And the Packers really haven't been able to combine those two things in 10 years. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that'll be, that's the thing right now. The pass rush seems to be really good. If the pass rush can be anything like it was last year, and if these guys can really step it up and, on the, the back end of the field, you could be looking at a really great defense. So, all right, well, that is the cornerback room. Um, obviously, you know, again, we talked about it. Some of the more obvious names, King, Alexander, those are going to be the guys you're going to be relying on at the starting role. And then, you know, you have Chandon Sullivan, Josh Jackson kind of going down the list. Um, it'll be interesting to see on cut down day who all makes the roster um, and, uh It'll be an interesting group, to say the least, to keep an eye on this year again like we did last week with the tight end room. So with that, uh, real quickly before we wrap up, Maggie, people want to follow your work, which, as you pointed out last week, keeps growing. Um, How can they follow you? How can they get in touch with your work? Yeah, you can pretty much find me every day of the week, um, the weekday, because I give myself weekends because, you know, I deserve it. But on Monday last weekend, you didn't. That's true. That was <laughs> but uh, on Monday evenings at 6 p.m. Lambo time, you can find me and Perry Goldstein doing happy hour live on all of the socials for Game On Wisconsin. Uh, on Tuesday, I have an article that comes out for GSET TV. Um, Wednesday, we record Pack a Day for the Thursday show. Thursday, I record Back to She Said for a Friday release. And then I have an article that comes out on Friday again for She Said TV. So, you know. And, Keep them busy. And, and mind you, she has an actual full-time job on top of everything that she just, you know, mentioned. So Maggie working very hard these <laughs> days for all of your Packer-related content. So uh, Jacob, um, real quickly, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? Yeah, Maggie also uh, really just Google. Just Google her name and see what happens. I think that that's probably the the best way to find her but uh, i am working uh packer report 66 you can find some stuff there uh game on wisconsin uh a lot of different stuff there i I haven't been busy at all in the last month or so actually as you're listening to this it's our one month anniversary if you will since launching so thank you all for helping us out and stuff like that we had over what was it i think close to five thousand views on monday night shows so that was pretty awesome Tuesday went really well. Last night, if you guys are listening on Thursday morning, Lombardi's Bar and Open Book have both been really successful to start off the year. So it's been a lot of fun. My podcast will be on Saturdays during the season. Uh, And then every other Sunday, I will be doing the post route uh, after games are over. The timing and such will depend on when the game starts. Obviously, that makes sense. So the season goes through everything. But yeah, that's my baby now. And if you guys want, check out our Twitter at GameOnWI. We are giving away a signed Kenny Clark photo. Uh, all you have to do is follow the account, retweet the tweet, and answer the question, who will have more rushing yards in 2020, Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon? And A.J. Dillon's legs are large and my mother loves them. And I wanted to say that for some reason. <laughs> All right. Jacob, I can always count on you of giving me a line that I have no idea how to respond to. So with That's that, <laughs> yes, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And so just keep this in mind. Today is Thursday, August 20th, three weeks from now, 
three weeks from today, the NFL season kicks off. Chiefs, Texans. I know it's not. I know it's not Packers football, but it is NFL football three weeks from today. So it is. It is right around the corner. Uh, we're all obviously very excited for so many different reasons to be able to watch football again. So hang in there. you got three weeks till football is back. So in the meantime, stay tuned right here to the Pack-A-Day podcast for your daily dose of Packers uh, news and updates from training camp as much as we can get. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack Day. We'll be right